Please be advised that this episode contains discussion of child abuse and gaslighting. Happy holidays and welcome to Certain Point of Yule. Now is the season of our Christmas content, which means we plan on watching those Christmas movies so you don't have to. I'm Frankie. And I'm John. And today we're going to be talking about the app that stole Christmas. Dun dun dun. We were so excited for this movie. It seems so, like just the title alone is just like, oh, I, which great marketing on their part because just the title grabbed me. It's like, ah, yes. I want to watch it, but I guess we learned a lesson about judging a book by its cover. So this movie was released on November 20th of 2020. It's streaming currently on Netflix. Some notable names. It stars Jackie Long, who plays Felix Rome, J. Anthony Brown as Santa, Ray J. and J.Q. as elfin versions of themselves, and Diane Howard as Ellen Rome. John, would you like to get into the premise? Absolutely. So in the movie, tech billionaire Felix Rome is a sensation when his app, Bomazon, makes everyone's Christmas shopping easier. However, this wealth and focus on technology upsets the big man up north. Yeah, so let's get into the good things about this movie. Okay. I mean, it had good music. I really did like the music. Two of the main elves that we interact with, JQ and Ray J, are both hip-hop artists in their own right. I think also J. Anthony Brown is a musician, but I'm not 100% certain on that. Yeah, there was a surprising amount of this cast who were rappers or hip-hop artists, and I mean, it, it meant for some good music, a lot of which was obviously their own music. J. Anthony Brown is a comedian and a radio personality, so oh. that explains why his portrayal of Santa was very animated and had a lot of big emotions, a lot of big gestures and voices. The kind of thing that you would expect from like a, a late morning radio DJ. Also, this film is entirely led by a black cast, which is amazing. Between Jingle Jangle, The App That Stole Christmas, A New York Christmas Wedding, we are seeing a lot more diversity in Christmas movies. It's not just the same white couple again and again, which I really appreciate. Yeah, we've had um, a number of both queer and person of color led Christmas movies this year, which is absolutely wonderful. Take that, Hallmark. <laughs> I thought Jackie Long was great as Felix. I thought Diane Howard was also amazing. Yeah. I thought the relationship portrayed between Felix and Ellen was really wholesome and good. Felix clearly loves his wife and Ellen also loves her husband. There's a sense that their relationship is currently missing harmony, but that's true of any relationship at any given point. So like, it's not a stereotype. There are also a lot of factors going into why they both might be distracted in their relationship right now. Not the least of which is that the holiday season is very stressful for a lot of people. And it can like be a distracting and you know anxiety-inducing time of year. Also, he owns Amazon. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bomazon. Yeah. And they've like gone huge and there's a lot to like contend with in this time. Yeah, let's talk about Bomazon specifically. It is an allegory for Amazon. The whole idea is that it's an app that lets you buy whatever it is you could possibly need in moments and it delivers via droid. It's like the goal for Amazon is what Amazon really wants to get to. Yeah, and it seems like there's kind of like a game aspect built into it that makes it like entertaining for kids. 
I wasn't 100% clear on that. There were some animated segments that made it seem that way, but maybe there were just cute little videos. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not 100% certain what's going on there either. This movie was only an hour long, so while I felt like the plot was just like, it was almost there, it was almost really delivering a real message it fell completely short because they only had an hour in which to tell it. One of my favorite fantasy authors had the same problem when she put out her first book. She only had a hundred pages to tell four years worth of story. Yeah. It's near impossible to do. No, I mean, it's, it's a reason why as much as I, I love, um, as much as I love Tamara Pierce, I, I have not returned to the Alana series because it it's is... not as rich as her later books. Yes. Thank you. I was struggling to find <laughs> the right word without just being like it's not my favorite i mean it's fair for it to not be your favorite it's not her favorite i love kelladry but we're veering way off topic way right off now. topic back to the at the stole christmas this movie has the same problem though the world that this takes place in is not as rich no. as it could have been and that's because of the time constraint there wasn't time to build uh to build it but there were some hints at some very important messages especially in today's age, um, because the focus of the movie is in a lot of ways on this app, Bombazon. By the way, they say app so many times. So in this many movie, times. It starts to be one of those words that loses all meaning because you just say it over and over again, but that's beside the point. There are like hints in this movie at a kind of. Um, I can't even remember. A Christmas Carol esque kind of capitalist. Like nightmare right uh felix gets a visit from jq telling him that his app is stealing quality time and tonight life as you know it will change or something of that yeah, nature he was it's... accused of literally stealing christmas spirit with his app um and you know the the inherent dangers and, and damages of capitalism to just like you know human society and the christmas spirit is an important message to put out especially in like our modern context but the way that they put it was not the best delivery exactly businesses like walmart and amazon are vital for people who need the best deal possible who don't have the money to spend on like the local mom and pop shop that can't mark down their products because they can't afford to. Amazon and Walmart are the last bastion of hope for a lot of families. And it's unfair of us as a society to look down on those businesses for their ability to give discounts where other businesses can't. If you want to look down on them for how they treat their workers, that's completely different. But that's not the message that enters this movie at all. No, I mean, there's a reason we say things like there's no ethical consumption under capitalism because we are we are trapped within this system and we are doing the best that we can inside of it but the the message of this movie isn't necessarily entirely that you know capitalism can be bad and that you know uh this this app is like ruining like people's lives with its you know capitalist money grabbing the message of this movie by and large is that technology is bad and that we are spending too much time on it and not enough time with quote unquote real people which moves us into the things that we didn't like about the movie. The message that technology is bad and ruins your ability to form human connection is presented almost immediately. The second it happened, John and I were like, nope, nah, -uh. 
not about it. Almost turned the movie off at a certain point. Because the idea that technology prevents you from forming a human connection is completely outrageous, especially in this 2020, or now 2021. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. (laughs) It's just, we live in a world in which we are now all divided by a quarantine. We are now locked into our homes with nothing but technology to keep us company and to help us form connections with the people that we love. We are talking to you now because of technology. And it is, I think, a foolish point of view to say that technology harms your ability to form a quality relationship. Yeah, even if we're just sitting on the couch next to each other on our phones, we're also like sharing dumb memes or like videos of dogs with each other, which is a form of, as this movie puts it, quality time that we are spending with each other. We don't always need to be like talking or doing a jigsaw puzzle together. Also, my phone allows me to keep in contact with people literally on the other side of the planet, something that I could not do without it. I just wish that this movie had focused more on how capitalism is the problem and not technology. Yeah, because we're not doing away with technology. It's such an old story. When the written word was was you know first discovered and the Greeks started writing stuff down, Aristotle said that that was going to destroy human memory because now we wouldn't have to memorize everything. So like we've always derided new technology as the death of human society, and it's never been true. It also really annoys me that at the end of the movie, Felix says, I'm going to sell the business and go back to making toys with you, Gramps. That is a billionaire, like, daydream, my dude. You have the money to, one, sell your business. Now you'll have more money. Two, you will be so well off that you don't have to worry about money. So you can go open up your toy shop and not worry about how it does ever. You're never going to have the fear that people are going to lose interest in your product and you're going to have to close down because you have enough money to keep things going. Even if Felix only had ever made $1 billion, he would still have enough money to, you know, live fat and happy for the rest of his life. But, you know, we are are led to believe, just based on the name of this app, that he is, you know, Bezos-esque. So... Nah, he'll be fine even if his, you know, toy-making business entirely flops because, you know, he's he's richer than God. I just found that so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> just the idea that wooden toys, hand-carved, it's so much more important than anything that you could possibly get off of uh, the Bamazon app. And you know what? In some cases, it might be. But you know what you can't hand-carve for me, my dude? You can't hand carve my favorite book for me. You can't hand carve a silicone mold so I can sit there and make my own resin products. You can't hand carve Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 for me. Because <laughs> either that's already come out or it's coming out relatively soon and I want it. And you can't carve that out of wood. But it just... Uh, this message, it gets to me. I hate it so much. Yeah. And then the way that they constantly communicate this message is by saying, goodness means quality time. No, it doesn't. That's nothing. That's literally nothing. <laughs> That's, you took, you took four words that, that are not connected at all and you smushed them together and you said, huh, we did a thing. You didn't. You did nothing. Goodness can have something to do with quality time sometimes but goodness is so much more than that goodness means like being kind to the people around you it means doing the right thing 
Like, sometimes it means doing the right thing, even when it's breaking a rule. Like, that's what goodness is. Goodness is not putting your phone down so you can have dinner with your grumpy grandfather who won't put his book down. Yeah, that's... Listen, uh, we're talking about things that annoy us, right? So So, the grandson, or I guess the son, because Felix is the main character. Ben. Ben. Ben is sitting at the table and they're having, it's not, I don't even think it was some kind of meal. Like there doesn't seem to be much on their plates. They seem to be snacking. And Ben is on his very large phone. Um, and his grandpa is reading a book. And instead of just like, you know, having this scene where they're just like having lunch together, like the, you know, the, the time gap between our, you know, idle time technologies, grandpa is like, without even actually talking to Ben, is indicating to him to put the phone down and to just, like, eat his stuff. All the while, Grandpa is reading his book. So if you wanted to spend quality time with your grandson, as our platitude has indicated, you would also have put your book down, but he doesn't. Yeah, reading a paper book is no more virtuous than reading a book on your phone or playing a game on your phone. You're still passing the time in a different way. You're engaging your brain differently. The overwhelming majority of my reading these days is through the Kindle app on my phone, and it's it's just as good as a paper book, even if it doesn't smell as nice. When John and I sit together to have dinner or any meal, really, we sit down next to each other, and we kind of do our own thing on our phone, and then we turn to each other and say, can I interrupt you to tell you a thing? Yeah. Because that's how you show respect for the people that you live with. <laughs> Meals are wind-down times, and wind-down times mean John reads Brandon Sanderson. And it- Oh, God. I just... I'm so upset that we didn't like this movie. <laughs> I know. I know. Because it had... There there was a, a scaffolding of a good movie deep inside the window dressing of... Blah. If they had more time and they focused more on capitalism and less on technology, I think this would have been a much better film. There was also this weird concept that santa claus maybe kidnapped felix but didn't yeah um when so felix like collapses right and winds up in the hospital and so like most of his experiences in the movie are maybe taking place inside rem like a dream because like the doctor indicates that his eyes are moving so he's experiencing rem sleep he's not just in a coma but like also santa and like the elves in the north pole appear in an app on ben's phone slash tablet throughout the movie so is felix actually at the north pole in a or is he just in a dreamscape no one knows it was very strange and i wish they had more time to flesh that out if this movie had been about how bamazon was putting elves out of business like actually out of business and they couldn't get jobs then it would have been completely different and i would have enjoyed it a lot more yeah you know it's one of the things that i think could have made this movie uh much stronger could have bumped it up uh, a few tree toppers just get rid of the grandpa oh god the grandfather was so bad just just take him entirely out of the movie and we don't really lose any strong plot elements but we lose a lot of the things i did not like about this movie there was a moment that genuinely scared me because the grandfather went to take his belt off to insinuate that he was going to hit ben with it 
in the lobby of a hospital. It was horrifying, and it, he never completed the action, and he was stopped by Ellen, I think, and maybe one other person. But still, it didn't belong in this movie, and it... Oh, it it's made also, me really upset. It was also just weird how, like, everyone in the lobby, like, decided to react to it in that no one called security on this old man who just threatened to beat his grandson. He just fixes his belt and leaves. It was upsetting. And there were also some anti-Semitic tropes. We are introduced to Dr. Kaufman, who wears a yarmulke throughout the entire He's scene. the only Jewish character that we can tell in the entire movie. He's got the stereotypical accent. He's got the big nose. He's got the yarmulke. Um, and it's just, as far as anti-Semitic stereotypes go, they weren't the most offensive, but none are good. Yeah. None would be better. Also, we're not Jewish, so we can't really say what's the most offensive. No, that's true. Honestly. That's true. I mean, it was cool that he was the only white person who had speaking lines. Uh, that was true. And at least he wasn't the villain. He wasn't the villain. No, right? he was very genuine. And it was like, guys, your husband will be okay. He'll be fine. Please calm down. He was trying very hard to promote like peace among the family. Oh, also the costuming. The costuming wasn't great. No, this was very clearly a low-budget film because, like, um, J. Anthony Brown's Santa very clearly had, like, the mall Santa beard on. Yeah, it was he did very not, obviously like, fake. There wasn't even an attempt to grow a real beard. Like, I get that Santa has a big, bushy beard. And, like, that's just, like, thank you, Thomas Nast, for illustrating that. That's delightful. But, like, that's, like... Maybe Santa just has a smaller beard. Maybe, I don't know. Or better makeup. You yeah. can you can make a realistic looking beard with makeup and spirit gum, my guy. Yeah. The um the elf costumes largely looked like the types of things that you would buy for $40 at a party city. A lot of red and white stripes, a lot of green kind of like ragged edges. It was strange. Yeah. A lot of bells. I, c I can only assume that they just had a, a low budget for this movie. Um, which would explain, one, it being an hour, and two, the yeah. costuming being not its strongest point. And, like, that's a minor concern. That's something that I can very easily overlook. I've overlooked, you know, more things in movies <laughs> than that. That's, like, that's not really a concern. It's just if we're talking about things that could have been better, um, that. Is there anything else we'd like to talk about? I think that was it. It, it was a relatively short movie. Which makes this a relatively short episode. Yes. So that being said, let's get into the rating. How many tree toppers do you give the app that stole Christmas? I am sorry, the app that stole Christmas. I can only give you one tree topper out of five. Oh, um, thank goodness. That's how many I was going to give it. It there, Like I said, there was the scaffolding of a strong movie in there, and there were hints of important messages, but the delivery was... It left much to be desired. Also... Please get rid of the grandpa. Actually, you know what? I'm going to make it one and a half for me because, as John said, there was potential for it to be much better. And I feel like if they had a bigger budget, if they had more time to tell the story, it could have been a more heartfelt story and it could have been more interesting. It, it had elements of uh, a Christmas carol in it. It just it shot for the stars and it landed in a treetop. Thanks for joining us for this limited run of Certain Point of Yule. We have two episodes left, I think. Maybe we're aiming for 12 total episodes. Certain Point of Yule is a Certain Point of View production. Head over to CertainPOV.com to find a link to our Discord and join in the conversation. I'm Frankie. And I'm John. Happy holidays. We love you. Goodbye. Yeah.
CPOV. CertainPOV.com.